I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. Hello and good evening to, what's this podcast called? I have completely forgotten. <laughs> Far out, mate. As you've obviously had one hell of a holiday season. <laughs> I think we should rename it to what's this podcast called. Like, people will remember that. Uh, it's Fever FM. I've just looked at our agenda and it says Fever F right at. So I'm, I'm really glad you got there in the end. Jeez, it must be holiday, se- it must be holiday wow. season. Frosty's laptop has packed a sad and that's why he's not here. Um, uh, we're going to rush with this quick because I've just eaten a mountain full of, of trifle. Uh, and so it's, it's my bedtime is calling. But um, we have Helena and Cam joining us. Dave is away on holiday. Hello, boys and girls. Good evening. Good evening. All right. Well, we had a big weekend last weekend. A another double win over on Saturday night. Um, obviously, women getting over two 0 or both sides winning two 0 uh, in slightly different fashions. We'll start, I guess, with the uh, women against Newcastle. A bit of uh, a change to the uh, formation. Uh, McMeekin came in at left back, and Fraser dropped into a bit of a holding midfield role. Although she seemed to sort of roam a little bit, and Elliot dropped out. So um, Brisbane came into the uh, into the starting eleven. Bit of a surprise having McMeekin start in left back. Well, not on the basis of how she played when she got her opportunity, I guess, you know. Couldn't say she didn't deserve it. I think it's it's more it was more a surprise that it was to cover for the fact Foster was playing further forward. That was the more surprising selection decision for me that um effectively playing well two very attacking but defensive players in that space on the left hand side. Yeah, well I, I guess there's probably not many other players who could fit in that that holding midfield role, I suppose. Really, yeah. Frosted it has. I've seen her play there, kind of in lower levels of football. So I think she got a pocket picked a few times, but in general looked comfortable enough. So I don't think that was like. I think given what's happened with the injuries, I wasn't shocked by that either. But it is an interesting rejigging, and clearly it didn't wasn't catastrophic. No, that might be I guess, an element of playing against Newcastle, who thing across the game didn't really offer too much was there was a couple of sort of long-range chances um i think there was one relatively point blank save that um, foster made reasonably comfortably before collecting the, the post but other than that they didn't really offer too much going forward did they no and i think it was one of those games where the phoenix kind of player to player were just better in their matchups, um, which is not a position that I think they've been in the club much, but been in as a club much or often, but definitely was the case against Newcastle. Yeah, I agree. I think um, all in all, the only shot in anger I can recall from Newcastle across the 90 minutes was the one where um, Foster ended up getting injured. Um, but yeah, we were... Honestly, I think the scoreline the scoreline flattered Newcastle yep. because I felt like we could have been comfortably another couple of goals clear in that first half. In the second half, we just seemed to lack a little bit of that attacking threat that we that we did have in the first half. Maybe maybe there were some tired legs from Journeys. Maybe there were some tired legs because they needed a break. I don't know. Maybe there was some anticipation of a holiday coming up. Now I can understand that too. But um, yeah, the second half didn't seem to reach the heights of the first. And the first, we could have been well and truly done with this game. 
well, that's a bit systemic, right, with the team. I think it's getting to the point where we probably have to acknowledge that, that probably they're not converting at, a, at the rate they'll want to be. And I think, I mean, this obviously they're converting more than we're used to in the scheme of the Phoenix women. But, you know, there's a couple of games now that come to mind where they've had lots of chances or should, have had so much of the ball that they should have been creating lots of chances and they've just not been putting their foot on the throat. I mean, the Adelaide game is kind of the pinnacle example of that but I think this was another one another one where you know the, the Jets are the kind of team where they like to play that long ball all it takes is a mistake a couple of mistakes and that game would have been turned on its head so and that's even though I think that we completely dominated them so I think you know Speck might had a couple of good chances like you just in general I think want to see them start converting dominance into goals but that's not just take away from like I mean the second goal was just awesome you know just a great goal but you just want to see more of it. I mean, we'll get to it all in a minute. I, th- I think counting for what I would say big chances in that first half, probably I don't think there was any in the, in the second half. But I mean, I guess at two from four conversions, not not the not the worst. Um, I guess. What's that turning dominance into chances then, right? You know, that kind of conversion, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, overall it felt like a fairly comfortable uh, comfortable. Enough. To be fair, I was watching it, you know, uh, halfway through a pub crawl. So my, my, you know, uh, rose, rose tinted glasses were probably slightly blurry as well, but it, it felt like, I think I turned to someone next to me and said, Newcastle haven't really offered much. And that was, you know, 70 minutes into the game. Yeah, they offered very, very little, but teams as, you know, as the Phoenix men have frequently demonstrated, teams can offer very little on the road and still pill for something you know so it's like I think it's this running theme of like let's start putting teams to the sword a bit more but that'll come as they get used to winning even because winning is a, a habit that they've not had for very long so it's not, no, I'm by no means being like oh this, this was profligate like I don't think they're profligate I just think it's an interesting little trend that's starting to build that I'm sure they're aware of yeah I guess the, the chances started about uh, about half hour mark I think Fraser got into a, a space down sort of the right-hand side near the two-pinner box and cut it back. And I think faded, pretty dangerous ball, faded speak mine, both, I think, Breslin. And we had another follow-up after that. But um, it's just one of those ones where it's kind of like there, but somehow just, I don't think like either strike had done anything particularly badly. It just hasn't fallen within their kind of, you know, their reach, I guess. Yeah, I think it fell to Breslin sort of, um, I think, slightly behind her right foot she's trying to you know hook her left foot onto it and kind of i think somehow mixed herself i guess it didn't really happen too much uh didn't matter too much because uh, a couple of minutes later um Brisbane won a fairly clear-cut penalty wasn't it? i think there was any i know one of the one of the jets players was was egregious about the the calling of the pen but it was a fairly fairly decent chop i think yeah i mean the player who conceded the penalty instantly turned away head and hands like it was no arguments territory, so clear as anything. No, it was, it, it was a fair pin. Yeah. And, you know, I think as you see actually there, that's kind of Breslin showing that slight cut above class that, you know, we've been hoping we'll be seeing more of because that defender, that little tiny sh- shift of the hips, that defender is just completely at sea and has absolutely taken her out. But when you, you know, it's a split second kind of thing. It's a, it's a well-won penalty. And what a penalty it was. Uh, I mean, <laughs> someone who has missed a couple of 
um, dollies in the last two weeks, stepping up with confidence and... Spiders live, man. Where the spiders live, it was absolutely beautifully taken. Well, I wish we had those World Cup balls that told you the speed, because she's absolutely put her foot through it. I was standing right behind it, directly behind it, um, and yes, it was moving. It was moving fast. Yeah, yeah. I think even if the keeper had gone the right way, I don't think there's any chance in the world of her saving that desserts. No. She's going going high as she has. She's gone high enough that no keeper gets a hand to it. I so hit it so hard too, which I it's the Chloe Kelly style of the penalty, you know, that just pure technique laces through it, which I like, you know, it's good because I was worried. I, this sounds terrible. I, it's good. I think it was great. It was what she needed to take that penalty, smash it and score it. It was what she needed after a few kind of misses over the last few weeks. But when she stepped up to take it, I said to my mum, like, mm, mm, not feeling super confident about this. And then she absolutely roofed it and my mum was like what were you saying <laughs> well she added uh to her goal um relatively soon after with an assist she absolutely killed killed their right back and she uh turned her inside out and then did it once again and then cut it back to two or three sort of phoenix players in the midfield uh coming through that midfield and um president was the one who sort of latched on it and i guess uh tapped it home to to double leaders um we're starting to see more of these kind of goals, aren't we? That we're sort of cutting teams up. It maybe maybe it's yeah. some of the maybe some it's easier against some of the slightly lesser teams, but we're starting to kind of pull teams apart a, a bit more frequently than we had towards the start of the season. Yeah, and see players winning one on ones because you know that that phase of play started with Flea kind of for the second time within the space of about ten minutes, basically doing what she wanted in those little half spaces, kind of making little darts out of midfield. And being like Newcastle couldn't tackle her basically for most of this game, um, and then you know, Speck Bryant, so it's two little, it's quite like Chris Wood and his hat trick, two little shifts of the hips, just absolutely sent that defender onto the plane home early. You know, it's just it's nice to see, but I'm very interested to see if they can do that kind of thing against Sydney. Um, and those kind of teams in this league. Because I don't think, I mean, Newcastle's not bad, but that is the, there is a real kind of two-tier thing going on in the A-League women, I think. And if they can start doing that to those big-name teams, it's very exciting prospect. Am I am I wrong in thinking that she she's starting to take up a few more positions that are slightly wider? You mean Speckmeyer? Yeah, Speckmeyer. Like, she seems to be maybe roaming or being... Yeah. more interchangeable with some of the other front front three and I, I don't know if whether i've just whether i'm completely off the mark or whether that's a deliberate thing or or something that i think it's deliberate well it's deliberate i think but interestingly i, I think it's kind of come about because of those forced changes with injury because phrase is kind of starting to play a false nine role which i think for her probably sucks a little bit because she's got a little bit less space and that would happen anyways defenses in the league start to wise up to to what she has a new locker, but that lets Speckmeyer kind of basically roam across what we would think of as a traditional front three. So play wide forward quite a bit. Like she in that game is playing wide forward a lot, which created that space in beti- behind her for Flea to make those starting runs out of midfield and kind of link up with her in the way that like a winger would link up with a almost like an advanced inverted fullback would be. And like if you were sort of Pep Guardiola's Man City, what Flea was doing is what the fullback would be doing. So it's very interesting positional realignment that I think starts with 
all this reshuffling that's happened, for example, Foster coming into midfield, Fraser coming into false nine. But I actually like it more. I think Speckmeyer is much more natural there. She looks like she's playing her game. She's playing instinctively. She's pulling off back heel nutmegs. She just looked quite a lot happier against Newcastle, I thought. The clip that uh, I think the A-League of the Phoenix put together of her doing a Cruyff turn that nutmegged one of their players, and it was out on the touchline, and then she put a ball across, I think. Mm. I can't remember who was running through. Anyway, I got... Uh, got, got Breslin. She was looking for Breslin. Yeah. And then, yeah, just before half-time, she she pulled a game wide, gassed either the four-wheel or the centre-back, and it caused, like, the other fourth, you know, the fourth mm. big chance that was... She kind of felt like she ran out of gas by the end and tried to kind of clip it over the keeper and didn't really get a good connection. The keeper kind of parried it away. But there's just a few kind of instances where I think her sort of... She's just pulling a bit wider, and... I, I think maybe it's helping her with because you know she's quite naturally paced and she kind of glides across the and maybe that's the kind of trying to use those wider spaces to utilize that in a better better positions and try bring more players in by getting us turning your know, defenses around and getting behind more well she probably feels more comfortable with that you know as a playing style because it's it is closer to the american style you know it's interesting that we've recruited all of these americans to play small ball tm because it's probably the furthest thing from the way most American colleges, for example, were set up to play, which is to just use pace and kind of bully teams off the park. So I think this might be something edging towards a happy medium where she feels that she can use that pace, use that athleticism, but being unlocked by that kind of small ball stuff in the middle, because obviously Flea and Macy are such high quality, you know, within the wider league, they're two of the highest quality midfielders. Um, which is, you know, that's high, actually high praise. So it's, I liked it, but I think you're definitely right. She's definitely taking up wider positions. It's interesting shout actually, because it could be a reason why the US is struggling, has struggled at the World Cup in the women's game. Yeah, uh, I mean, because I of yeah, and and while the strength of football within the women's games shifting to that more skillful uh, base in Europe. There's a, there's a question there we could be discussing for a while, right? This is my soapbox and it gets me cancelled on soccer Twitter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite it's just it's just interesting that we found a medium there which may actually work to um, to marry those two worlds into something that could be effective. Yeah, and it, I mean the A League is a hugely varied league in terms of the kind of defenses that you're coming up against. You you have a Central Coast Mariners team that is playing a, a kind of Casey Stoney England esque shut it down at the back build from an extremely strong defensive foundation kind of style they're going to lock the game down versus you have your newcastles and and probably i'd say your brisbane's who are much more expansive and are going to give you more space in behind like you you do need to have that balance like i think if we were stuck in the small ball small ball thing and never looking to release pacey players there would be teams that we would really struggle against so it's i think it's a good development in the season would be what i think i don't know if paul temple would agree but He's not on this podcast. In the second half, we saw Isabel Cox come on, uh, I think, into left wing. Helena, do you have any views on how she did? I mean, what stood out for me was she is way taller than I thought she was going to be. She, like, I don't, I don't know why, but she seemed to uh, her and McMeekin like kind of stood out above everyone else. I think in that pitch. Yeah, I mean, she's an athlete, right? I think she probably, I think it's pretty un unfair to make any kind of judgment call about how she's going to fit into the system on the basis of what like half an hour 40 minutes but I thought you know obviously she's clearly a good athlete 
I know she's living with the other Americans. Like if they can start to build connections in that in that front unit, use the athleticism, use the pace. Like it's exciting. It's an exciting signing. Um, she'll be pretty keen, I think. Yes, you know, it's a good thing for this league is you pick up all these players who kind of don't get picked up in the draft, don't want to run the gambit of the draft, are trying to prove themselves overseas. You know, you, you pick those players up with a point to prove. So I'm interested to see how much time she gets this week, probably, and how she does against Sydney, who are, well, they're not really themselves this season yet, but are traditionally a powerhouse of the league, you know? Yeah, for the second half, there wasn't too much to note, I think, as I mentioned um, about 20 minutes ago. Foster made a fairly decent point blank save from a header, but then collected the post, and I see she's been ruled out for this uh, tomorrow's game against Sydney with concussion protocols, um, so hopefully that isn't uh, too longer term, but... I'll be honest, I'm genuinely surprised she stayed on the field in that mm. situation. Like, I'm assuming, I know they would have done uh, all the concussion checking because they have to. Mm. In that situation, I'm genuinely surprised she passed. I thought I thought she was going to be off. So the fact that she's now missing out is it's surprising to me. Concussion take a couple of days to show up as well, right? It can do, yeah. I've, it's I've now those, caution, yeah. right, because of an injury history. But then I guess, you know, what stops that reasoning applying on the pitch? I don't know. But anyway better safe than sorry I guess and you know it's I'm you know in some ways glad for Brie Foster that she gets another Brie Someone. Foster Brie um, I rate Brie Edwards Edwards, Edwards. <laughs> Edwards. Yeah. but yes I'm very I'm very happy oh, she's a sure pair of hands I'm really comfortable with her coming in and um, the way she developed as a footballer last season and obviously she's going to learn a lot and you know new coaching set up and a new uh, people to learn from uh, and colleagues this season as well. I think it can only bode well. And being in around the um, the international setup as well can it can only do wonders for her as a keeper. So I'm glad she gets that opportunity again, and I think she'll do a good job. Yeah, well, Temple was pretty clear on his two number one strategy, so it's another opportunity for her to show that kind of quality. Um, and just rounding out the game, there was a very late penalty shout. Is Alyssa Winham? It's a pen. So when you think it was a pen? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a pen too. Nailed on. Yeah. I think Alyssa Wynnum probably suffers from the fact that people probably think she needs to be stronger, blah, 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 in that moment. Like, I think the ref's gone, eh, she may have gone down too easily, but it's a, it's a nailed on pen <laughs> for me. Yeah, I thought it was a pen at the time. I thought it was a horrendous call from the referee and really annoyed that in one of the few situations where we could have had VAR do something for us and it wasn't there to do it, which is another reason why I hate VAR so much. Um, no, it was it was 100% a pen. Definitely a pen. Um, yes, she's a slight person, but that doesn't make it any less of a foul. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear contact, you know, like, and good on, my view is good on Alyssa for going down. That's actually maturity in a, in a player like that, you know, like that's what she should have done. It's clear pen. Referee was well positioned, so I imagine that in the post-game kind of review, that would be a pretty big non-call that comes up because she was... I reckon a couple of stumbling steps, man. A couple of stumbling steps on the way would have been better. I wonder if it if it hadn't started raining by that point, she may have got it. Like, there's that kind of, you know, slippiness about players at that point. I wonder whether they've kind of gone, oh, yeah, it's kind of... All right, and that was pretty much the women's game, which uh, another three points kind of keeps us in that third position uh, in and around the... Well, fairly comfortably inside the well, top six anyway. And in sixth place is Sydney, who are our next uh, opponents today, if you're listening, probably. It's 7 o'clock on the 29th. 
lose track of which days it is at the moment. Uh, Sydney down to six. They've played two less games and are five points behind us. So, um, so, so perhaps their table position somewhat um, shadows with their true uh, quality, but um, they have struggled a little bit so far. They've only scored nine goals, but have also only conceded six. So it could be a relatively tight game. Take, we'd all take a draw on this game, wouldn't we? Against Sydney and Sydney, points is points of gold. You make a great point, but the problem I have now is that we've actually only got four home games less this season out of the 13 games we've got let, they've got to go. There's only four of them left in New Zealand. What? So <laughs> a draw away, sure, it's a good point, but we actually need to be winning those games because that's against an opponent who could quite easily overtake us. We, we need to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I agree that it's mathematically. I do think that Sydney and Sydney is probably possibly the I know City is scoring for fun at the moment but just like historically City Sydney and Sydney is such a hard fixture in this league that I would probably take a point but I hear what you're saying it would be a good point not 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 arguing would be a good point circumstance for me dictates that we probably need what we need to start winning I mean if we want to be a team that is a serious competitor in this league for this league going forward we need to start becoming a team that just sees every game as three points whether it's home or away but you know, this is a team that's got Courtney Vine back. This looks pretty strong defensively, so it won't be easy. That Having having said that, I just read an article just before this podcast saying Courtney Vine has not been playing well and needs to start scoring properly. So we shall see. Maybe that'll fire up. Let's pray to the football gods that it doesn't. All right. Well, that's the uh, the woman covered. Uh, the men, of course. It's not going to spend much time on this game because, boy, did not much happen. Oh mate, I I disagree. I I'll give you, I'll give you. No, wait. if you say there's a tactical balance of of cat and mouse, a chess, I'm gonna cut you off and kick you out of this recording. Cause fuck off. This was that was really really enjoyable game of football to watch. You're a nerd. If you were sober and not needing to be entertained by a million opportunities at goal, but you can appreciate some good tactical football balance. That that was that was. Fantastic to yes. I'll concede twenty eight minutes for the first shot of any description is probably a little excessive. But those two teams were so evenly matched throughout that entire game that that's what it just came throughout down the to. entire game. I would say Wanderers were the better side, um, and were incredibly unlucky to lose. You know what they weren't the better side at? Scoring goals. Yeah. Um You know but... what football's about? Football about it's about so much more than that, Helena. It's Football's about, about a tactical battle of cat and mouse. It's about the chess-like nature of two evenly matched opponents. The way I see football, the way I see life. Thank you, Bill Shankly. Um, it's uh, it, was, it was fantastic, fantastic to watch. Really, really enjoyable game of football. I wouldn't watch I it again it really though. Dumb. I'm not on replay. <laughs> Experiencing it at the time was good. Would you have said that if you had to pay for entry? Nah, that's a fair question. Does it matter if you're mid pub crawl? To be, uh, you know, I've I've had that experience of being so drunk being at those games because of that pub crawl that I don't really remember anything that's been going on, but I've still had a great time no matter what it was. So, yeah. Honestly, it had twenty good minutes, and eighteen of them were after the final whistle, waiting for Rudan <laughs> to move off his bench. <laughs> and also Goran Paladin calling him a two-nil loser on the broadcast. Oh, that was that was that was um, a thing. Yep, I didn't like that. Yeah, pretty questionable. Uh, 
yeah, it wasn't professional, and it made us look like pricks too. Because like, when you're Aussie uh, listeners and viewers, all they hear is a Kiwi voice, right? Yeah, it's like us when we listen to the Australians commentate. Yeah, I understand. yeah, exactly. We 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 think that about all the Aussie commentators, blah blah blah. And it's like for him to do that, it's like I realise it was a spur of the moment, and he's ad libbing, and he's not, you know, he hasn't been doing this his whole life, right? Like I know Piney wouldn't have done that. I, th- I think I think he commentated himself into a corner. I think that was his biggest issue. Yep. Because I don't actually think he meant it to sound quite so harsh. But when he got to the end of the sentence, there wasn't too much else left that he could have said. Yeah, it's just he could have put it like a and here it is two nil lost or I don't know. I can't remember the exact wording it was, but there could have been another way of doing it. it well, he could have said two nil loser time. on the day. West, you know, there's lots of ways to soften it, but he kind of just left it hanging there. I mean, like honestly, I don't think he meant it the way it came across, and I think. No, Goran's a Goran's a decent lad. I don't think he would have meant that in a, as a harsh as it sounded. Slav Bond, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize the man. But um if your name is Goran, you're all right. So he's not Serbian? No, he's 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 correct. <laughs> <laughs> For those who haven't picked up, Frost has joined us from his uh pet fishbowl by the sounds of it. <laughs> just a lob <laughs> just a lob criticism is to get the peanut gallery has arrived. Yep. Yep. We should talk about that last 10 minutes of football, though. Like yeah, stuff that, the first cause... 85 or 90, as it in fact was. That was boring. Hey, hey, don't forget, before that, Marco uh, Rudan. 64 points. That is... 64 points. You know That's what? Fair play. Hat, hat tip to that. I do yeah, rate that someone tried to order Jaeger, and he was like, mate. Jaeger bombs? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> hilarious. <laughs> it's very, very typical Kiwi, though. If Mark Rudam was paying, I'd be ordering stuff more expensive than Diego anyway. I'm disappointed people accepted free beers. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm so no, disappointed. Didn't. I didn't. Did no, you not? I went on to, no, no, I went. I went on to the next pub. How's the? Uh, how, how is the taste of the beer on that high, high horse you're sitting on, buddy? Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty. Good. I mean, you yeah. got a few nosebleeds, but yeah, it was alright. The beer had frozen <laughs> from the altitude. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Of the moral the, the high ground. Of, it, it sounds to me like the lack of oxygen has done some stupid shit to your brain for not accepting free beer. Yeah. It's honest to God. Yeah. No. Take a long, hard look at yourself, mate. <laughs> I'm with Dale on that. It's like I wasn't on the pub crawl because I had an eight-year-old with me, and it's kind of like uh, I was like, "You guys took beers from him." Jesus Christ, the fact that the, the amount of moral high ground coming from the yellow fever is just not acceptable and not and not at all what I expected. So please, gentlemen, step down off those horses and come back down to the level of the rest of us. It's genuinely the only thing we've got. I mean, I know we're top of the table now, but... Sorry, spoilers. What do you mean, but? Well, we're not used yeah, to this and so we're not expecting fan. it to last. You can't be a you can't be a Knicks fan for as long as we've been Knicks fans and not be going. There will be a regression. Do you know what? I'm deliberately not yet renewing my passport because I don't want to jinx it. Having <laughs> a lot of faith in the Department of Internal Affairs. <laughs> Can I, I, I just to add to my my two cents? So I reckon he has one hundred percent like orchestrated this whole setup. So where we were, you can see us from at least a hundred meters away. You could you could go around the corner, see that we're on the balcony outside, see yellow, and go. Mm, I just won't go there. I'll turn around and go another ring. He still paid like eight hundred dollars worth of alcohol. 
he probably earns like four hundred thousand dollars at least a year. Eight hundred dollars is, is a drop in the ocean for him. And he's come all the way down, and then he's and he's clocked it, and then he's gone big wave, cheerio, and then he's walked upstairs. Like he has one hundred percent orchestrated this whole thing. Oh yes, deliberate. He's gone. He's known it's twelve pubs and gone looking. Like oh, you can't. You can't just. You're the coach of the opposition team. You're not just walking down the keys for a giggle. That's that's some pretty hard uh, cynicism, gents. I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean the, conspir- um, the high horse has become a conspiracy horse. So yeah, it really has. And and honestly, even even if he did know it was on and he's done it, who cares? He still did it. It's actually it's still a really classy move, and I think you're focusing on the on the wrong fact here. I think you should be focusing on the fact that actually, you know what? He didn't have to, but he did. Good on him. Nah, nah, fuck him. <laughs> All right, well there we go. Move on. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, oh yeah, bygones be bygones, and then and then sit on the um, bench for like twenty minutes, refusing to leave the field. It's like. There's something there he was just eating. talking to his bank about suspicious transactions, Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if he was worried about it, he could have taken a different exit because there's there's other ways to get to the uh, dressing rooms that um, he wouldn't have had to go through there. So if he was worried about it, then he could have taken are, one. Are you those. positive that people would have let him out that door? 100%. Yeah, because he has a AAA access, so he can go wherever he wants. Assuming that Nixie isn't barring the doors from the other side. This was much more efficient. Honestly, I'm struggling with this, with, with this conspiracy and cynicism stuff, boys. We need to move on from this. This is a shocker. I, I stand my ground. I refuse to back down. All right. Should we, should we try bring it back to some semblance of football that was on the field? Uh, first half, not much happened. Milanovic had a, um, probably the probably the Westerns, uh, Western. Wanderers uh, best best chance at the edge of the box forced a, a kind of low save from Paulson and then um, Sermon did quite an excellent block on the on the follow up just for um, just for half time that kind of kept us in it but that was about their only sort of decent chance uh, or very good chance that they had apart from the one that Paulson pushed onto the the post from 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 way out but um, that was about the only noticeable um, point of interest in that first half wasn't it. No, the handball goal from Costa, which was a bit unlucky as well. Uh, unlucky. Like that's yeah, like like any any who managed to get the arm out of the way and got his torso there instead, or turn, you know, it's just one of those things. that's hit his arm, and it's a genuine call from the ref, but he's a little lucky. Lucky it hit his arm and not his shoulder or his torso and gone in. So, to be fair, Old should have just hit the target with his head. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a shocker. Terrible effort. <laughs> Terrible effort. Yeah. If I if I can put my cynic hat on, um, we had the in the second half we had that. Have VAR you taken check. it off? No, uh, <laughs> we had the uh, the VAR check for the Cryer versus Marcello incident. Now this was described as um, kind of just clumsy, kind of coming together players. I reckon he has definitely done this on purpose. Didn't he stand on yeah. his ankle? Yeah, he's he's on his ankle. Maybe not that part, but he's definitely given the kind of the shove in the back because you watch Crow's head; it kind of does the sort of whiplash. Like, I I reckon he's done that deliberately because he's like one of those like um, he's a real niggly player. You know, like we've seen him like people giving headlocks. You know, he's one of those guys. Like, and I'm not saying this is a, you know a penalty or anything like that, but I I'm less convinced that this was kind of a 
you know, an innocent kind of coming together of, of players as it's being described. Yeah, I wasn't like against having a look at it. Like I think probably fine that it's not a penalty, but I think, you know, the commentary at the time was like this ridiculous kind of thing. No, I actually, I genuinely thought he's done it on purpose and I thought it should have been yeah. recarded. I mean, he also stood on it. I think, you know, he stood on his ankle and like, that would bloody hurt that stamp on the ankle. I think that may have been an accident, but if you stand on someone's ankle and then you put your weight through them, they're going to fall over. He's hundred percent raked his boot down the back of his leg. Yeah. You see, he lifts his leg and, really and then, high. And he drops the elbow then, into his back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't walk and then lift your leg up high like a thunderbird and then just rake it down someone's leg by accident. Yes, maybe it should have been a pen, actually. I've just changed my opinion. Because you can change... I, I, I'm not even worried about the pen. It's a red card for me. That was, uh, that was deliberate, violent play off the ball. That's a red card. It's 100% a red card. It's uh, We thought Alyssa Wynnum should have had a penalty. That one should have been a red card. Simple as that. There's no argument for me. Cam's coming in hot. I think if the ball was anywhere near the play, I think the spotlight comes on it a much more... I mean, the ball was like at halfway. Doesn't that make it worse? It makes it much worse. It doesn't give you free reign to do whatever you like, but I feel like it kind of... It, there should be a higher bar. Strikes me as an aggravating yeah. factor. Mate, if he's accidentally stood on someone's foot, that happens often, and deliberate stamps on feet happen often and go unpunished and unseen all the time. That's, that's football. But... He does that, and then the deliberate elbow in the back, when the ball is nowhere around, that's a red card and an indirect free kick for us. And it's also just stupid. I don't think it's an indirect free kick. It's either a penalty or it's not. There was no ball there, right? Doesn't I can't understand how you'd get a, how you get a penalty it's in that contact situation. Contact in the box. That's all the rules says. The more you know. Let's get to the bit we want to talk about before I lose my will to live. We've probably canvassed that enough. Um, and then it really wasn't until the last... 10 minutes where it started to, to ramp up an in interest. Well, Craig scored from quite heavily offside and then <laughs> repeatedly did the VR sign despite being two metres offside, not even close. He's well quite... offside, yeah. That's <laughs> magnificent in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he really said DRS. Yeah, I don't think they need to get the little um, lines going for that one. I think it was quite obvious. Um, and then Paulson pushed um, a long-range effort from Papadello, Papadello, I can't remember the name, onto the post. And it was called a goal kick. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty handy save again from Paulson, wasn't it? It was a good shot. Yeah, really good. Great the keeper's shot. dilemma that one. No, he's, he's done bloody well there. Eh? It was a really, really good save. Good football all round, as my dad would have said when I was twelve years old. <laughs> See, give everyone a clap. Well done. Football's a winner on the day. It was the daylight robbery, wasn't it? Well, nighttime robbery, I suppose. Um, long ball from 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 Rufa down the guts. Oh, I, I, I feel really, really dirty saying that's Route 1 because that was a delightful... It was delightfully Route 1. <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, I'll, I'll give you, you know, it is a long ball down the middle of the field, I'll give you that. But It, it was, was a speculator. It, it, des, it, deserves to be, it deserves to be described in much more loving terms than Route 1. It was one a speculator, Cameron. It, it just... Utter speculator. It deserves much more. It was it was a beautiful pass. Absolutely, it was only made good by Costa's run. Otherwise, it Costa's was touch, bollocks. Mm-hmm. Both Costa's both. Costa's was fantastic. He's he's seen he's seen that run though. The point the point is he's played the ball for that run. That's why he's put it in there. Yeah. and he's executed it perfectly. And Costa's come and got that touch and round the key. It was honestly that play was just exquisite. Yeah, look, it's a good goal. I mean, he's put the right. T- he's put 
Frosty, sorry, disagree with you. Rare, rare sighting on this don't, podcast. Don't be sorry. He deserves it. But he's put the right texture on that ball. The backspin on it has allowed that touch with the studs for Costa to kind of work, you know. Otherwise, it's moonballing over the byline. But it's, you know, it's good football around, except for Lawrence Thomas. Goodbye. With, with Costa's run, he's come on such an acute angle. I don't think Thomas is even aware that he's in the picture at all. So that's why I think the run was what made it, not not the ball. I mean, it was a good ball. It was beautifully dropping in the, in the space. But, yeah, that's some... It's low percentage. Good finish, too. It's actually a hard finish. You know, even when he's taking a touch around the keeper, I was like, mm, is he going to be able to net this? Yeah. But he made it look easy. When Costa's on fire, he does make it look easy, though. When Costa's on fire, your defence is terrified. Yeah, well, he was on fire because two minutes later, um, I think I, ca- I, I ca- counted on the replay, I think it was 36 seconds from kickoff to us scoring again. I think Alte picks up a loose ball at the edge of our box. Because it's Costa who kind of breaks fifty yards, and I thought I thought he fluffed at the time because there was two coming up on mm. his right hand side. Heck, such a hard ball. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hardest ball he fl- he could have played. What I liked about what Costa did there is he drew both centre backs, like mm. just one of them. He ran at both of them and managed to keep them tight so that um old could make that run. I, he did phenomenally well. He just had them absolutely. Well, then he threaded scared. a needle. Yeah. Perfect yeah. weight on it. And being old. Being old, slotted it beautifully. Yeah. I genuinely wonder, though, if, if he knew it was Al Tay and the debuting Luke Supic outside him. Eric, and he did. On the right, this is why he's gone to the left, because he's he like, looks. well, he's, Mo's not a striker and Luke's on debut. I think Oldie's the more likely to finish this. Yeah. And I think Lawrence Source actually got a hand to it, too. I think, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, really unlucky not to get that past the post. This goal, I think, though, was set up because obviously they'd kicked and then they'd effectively chasing and they've fallen out of shape, a shape that they'd held really well up to that point. Mm. And it's given Costa space that hadn't existed up to that point and oldie space, which hadn't existed up to that point. And because we play so well, when we invite the press and we break quickly with a switch and we're very effective at doing that, it just fell into what we did, what we do well full stop. So it was, and uh, it's just it was clinical easy. finishing, which is like, you know, as a Knicks fan, what a nice thing yeah. to see. Yeah. Oldie deserved that too. He, he was so urgent the last couple of games. He's been excellent recently. He might not have scored goals, but. He's not necessarily there to do that. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to pick up, he's going to do what yeah. uh, effectively Ball does pick up a few here or there, but if it, be involved in the play and involved in those attacking opportunities, whether he's the last man to tuck it away or not, his involvement in those opportunities is going to be high. And he's so rapid, which got him, you know, ultimately got him on the end of that ball. In the 90, what, fifth minute or something? You know, that's great, great conditioning, great fitness, great sharpness to finish it so clinically in that game situation. It's just nice to see. Just nice to see. And they wrapped up a 2 0 win in uh, top of the table at Christmas. Woo. We've never been, never been, never, never been top at Christmas. I, I went back and had a look at after nine games. No team has finished lower than third after being first after nine games. So, don't challenge them. Oh, why, why, Dale? Yeah, well, I'm just going to set it up. You know what's going to happen? Gonna... It's going to be a proper record-setting season for the good and the bad reasons. The bad. Is that what you're saying? You just, <laughs> wow. I believe fuck. in them. <laughs> it's like you're inviting a plane crash, Dale. Honestly, oh, if you're man. listening, Phoenix, I believe in you. 
I sure do. <laughs> well, Helena, do you believe in them enough that we'll get three points against Sydney tomorrow or today or yesterday, depending on whether you, when you listen to this? If you're listening to it and it's a hypothetical, yes. If you're listening to it and it's happened and we've won, yes. If you're listening to this podcast and we've got dicked, I'm reserving judgment. I mean, that's lawyer talk, talk. Cam, what's your what do you think? Everything points towards we should win this game. Which is what, as, as the season has gone. The last time we had that discussion was pre the Newcastle game. So obviously that's, yeah, didn't, didn't go so well. Um, yeah, I think we win it, but I think it'll be, it'll be tight. Um, Ufi and uh, Chief know each other incredibly well. So they'll know, they'll know exactly how each other's going to play. I think Consider they'll this. do fairly well. Consider this, trick. Yeah, I think they'll do fairly well at um, cancelling each other out. So it might just be the odd goal in three that decides it. I think we win, but yeah, maybe they say 2-1, something like that. 3-2, Costa Hattrick. Frosty, can you envisage anything from your goldfish bowl? Uh, no, mate. Uh, honestly, yeah, I think Ufi and Chief know each other well, and it's just whether it's whether Ufi has a couple of things in his tool bag that he can re- you know he can pull out when he needs it or because i mean chief's got to know ufi better than ufi knows chief it's just a question of whether ufi has more experience and therefore has just something he can pull out so yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight one it's gonna be an awful game too because ufi's gonna drag it down to the mud he just loves it down there but that didn't work so well for rudan because he was trying that as well yeah, it might, might be not the most uh, riveting game again. But I guess we will um, find out. And I think after all the battles we've faced, that is enough for this week. We, I don't know when people are around, but we will try to do one post-Sydney before whatever games after that. After uh, Sydney, we have Adelaide on the 4th of January. The women don't play again until the 7th of January against Brisbane away. All right, well, we'll do our best to get another uh, episode before then, but that might be subject to availability. But we will try our best. That is goldfish bar. <laughs> All right, but with that, we shall say uh, goodnight, and hopefully we are coming back with a another six-pointer from a Sydney trip. All right, cheerio. Cheerio.